The Evening Buzz. Live from the Shorter Children's Reading Festival. Pulse 95 live right here at the Sharjah Expo Center, the 14th edition of the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival under the themes of Train Your Brain, a festival that dedicates uh, tons of activities, uh, cultural talks and performances all about tapping into the inner child. Now, bear in mind, even though this is a festival centered around children, I believe it's a festival that's centered uh, for all people of all ages because I believe that we all have that inner child within us. And a festival like this is a great opportunity to tap into the, into the inner child, unleash your imagination, your curiosity, and uh, walk out with something that's enriching and meaningful. And some of the things uh, that this festival has done is invite some world-renowned book authors who make the experience all the more memorable. And here with me is Dr. Fabrice Jamon. And I'd like, I have the pleasure to introduce you guys an award-winning author, education advisor, and the president of the Center for the, for the Advancement of Languages, Education, and Communities. He's dubbed as the godfather of language immersion programs by the New York Times and authored more than seven books on bilingualism and education. Welcome to the show, Dr. Fabrice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, this is uh, not your first time. This is actually your second time at the festival. That's correct, yeah. And uh, just want to ask about your involvement. Well, I, I was fortunate to be, uh, you know, to be a, the guest of the Sharjah Book Authority. And then uh, they were interested in my work uh, on bilingualism, bilingual education. And uh, they asked me to come back, which I think it's, uh, it's always a good thing to be invited again. So I guess the first time worked uh, very well. And I'm glad to be here surrounded by children on a topic uh, which is dear to me. It's called Train Your Brain. Yes. And, uh, and I think bilingualism uh, is definitely about the brain. And it does a lot of things to the brain that we should all know about. Uh, you are a man on a mission. Uh, earlier today, you even had uh, you were hosting a cultural program called The Importance of Raising a Trilingual Generation, Children with Three Languages. Tell me more about that. Yes. Uh, well, there's a, a famous quote that uh, I like to, uh, to use all the time. Uh, it's not from me. It's from another guy in, in the U.S. called Greg Roberts. And he says that uh, monolingualism is the illiteracy of the 21st century. And by that, he means that it's no longer acceptable to just be monolingual, uh, go to school in just one language, and that we should try to educate our children in two languages at least, or more. And I'm glad here that uh, I was asked to talk about trilingualism, three languages, and I'm so glad that in the Emirates, people are already thinking of three languages, English, Arabic, and a third one it could be French, my own my own language could be Russian, Chinese, no matter. And that that for me is a real a real plus because if your country, if your society wants to create a multilingual citizen and, and, and make sure that our children are multilingual in more than you know more than two languages, then definitely the uh, UAE is 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 ahead of uh, many many countries. I am in the U.S. Uh, and I'm a Frenchman in the U.S. and both countries are still fairly monolingual. There's not such an interest in raising uh, bilingual or trilingual kids. 
So now to some extent, uh, what's happening here in the UAE is definitely a step ahead of these countries. You're absolutely right about that. And another thing that I feel some people, well, maybe most people, they underestimate the intelligence of a child at an early stage in their life when, honestly, they are a lot more intelligent than you think. They, they absorb a lot of things at a young age. And so it's important for parents uh, when they're raising children to be able to, you know, allow them to assimilate things that are, uh, you know, more than just one language, for example. Yeah, and, and it's a gift. I mean, when you're gifting a child with uh, two languages or three languages, it's a gift that will keep on giving throughout their life. Not only it's great, uh, it's a great advantage to to be able to speak in uh, two languages or three languages, uh, for many many uh, reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, children who who play or work or think in several languages are are definitely better at uh, problem solving, for instance, because you know you have to work how one word sound in another language or how you translate such such ideas in another language. So you're always problem solving. And this is this is something that is uh, fairly useful to have. But also we, we've seen that children are definitely better uh, and have a better creativity by, by just, just by the fact that they're playing with those different linguistic structures and the fact that you're putting those languages in in dialogue, in, in, in uh, exchange. Well, that triggers a number of different ideas, and therefore, those ideas become creativity, creation, and, and, and that, that's another skill to, to have. But I could go on and on about the advantages of being exactly. raised a multilingual. Language shapes our perception of reality, and to have one language means you restrict yourself uh, and, and, and like you said, monolingual means that you, you really see things one way. But if you open your mind to other languages and other cultures, you get to have a, a more vast observation yeah, of your world. And you're creating so many more opportunities. Uh, you're opening so many more uh, connections. You're making friends all over the world. Uh, and that, that has uh, an impact on your life. It has an impact on the way you, you will find a job and the way uh, you will... Uh, live your life, you will definitely live a richer life by being uh, multilingual and, uh, and even a healthier life because it's, it's, it's proven now that uh, bilingual brains or trilingual brains are healthier and stronger than monolingual brains and uh, even with, uh, without, um, throughout aging, even with older people. Uh, there's a recent study in the New York Times that shows that uh, bilingual brains uh, can fight off the, the illnesses like dementia or Alzheimer, for instance. So if you are able to speak several languages throughout your life, then you have better chances to live a longer, healthier life and and not suffer from these uh, aging illnesses. So you know an, another reason to to push your kids uh, a little more and yourself. Exactly. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you know expanding on on things like language. Uh, but also just being open to the fact that there's a bigger world than yourself. Uh, I want to talk about your, uh, besides your contribution to education, but also philanthropy. Um, you are an education attaché for the Embassy of France to the United States. So I want to ask, what are the most important areas of collaboration between those two countries 
in the field of education? Well, there was, uh, there's always been um, a friendly connection between the two countries. Uh, and uh, definitely the Americans are interested in uh, French language and French culture. They love Paris, they love uh, French cinema, and I know you love uh, cinema as well. And, they, uh, so, and like, uh, likewise, the French are fascinated by, by the US, uh, by its, some aspects of its culture, by uh, some of its uh, technology and so forth. So my, my role is really to put these uh, educators, schools, universities in dialogue and make sure that uh, they can create things together that students are able to study abroad and spend a semester in, in a country and, and that they learn the language. That, that's, that's definitely another part of my job is make sure that kids learn languages, really. We spoke about your love for language, your love for education. I want to ask about your love for film. Um, you published, you were part of a publication for a 50th anniversary of Stanley Kubrick's The, uh, you know, the Odyssey. But it's titled as the Odysseus, and you focus on the the Greek implications. That is in a movie that's normally very sci-fi. It's very futuristic, and it, I, for me personally, I observe it as how something of old still is timeless and still is applicable to any any day and age. I'm so happy that you asked me this question and that you asked me about that book because it's the first one that I wrote a long time ago. But um, I was always fascinated by Stanley Kubrick, and, uh, and then I started to watch his movies over and over and over again until I found uh, a connection, which was uh, the theme of the Odyssey. And the Odyssey is, this, uh, is a circle. Odysseus left and went on a, a journey that took him years and years, but he came back to Penelope and to Ithaca, so it's, he looped the loop of his life, uh, or his career, or his adventure. And every movie that Kubrick made has some kind of a hero like that, that goes around a loop in his life and his adventures. A loop that is transformative as well, because everyone gets changed after coming back home, after spending so many times. So uh, as a personal level, I feel myself also going through an odyssey and I think every one of us particularly when you live abroad and travel you you go through some kind of odyssey and that's that's a theme that is definitely uh, contemporary that that we can uh, we can see in ourselves and in our lives uh, today exactly films have this transcendent uh, ability to um, throw us into worlds and tell us stories and and, and visually guide us and they usually do tap into language to help shape the reality of, of those stories as well. And uh, for me personally, I, I have a per, I have a couple films that I, I would uh, consider personal favorites. Like one that I look back is uh, The Green Knight that recently came out. This is based on a, an Arthurian legend story. And I've never been into King Arthur and, and, and you know that type of uh, old English uh, storytelling, but that film did such a phenomenal job to really teleport me in. And that's the power of not only storytelling, but the choice of language you use for it as well. It's great. And what is your favorite uh, Kubrick movie? Uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, I believe I believe, The Shining. Oh, okay, yeah. That one to this. And you know what's weird is that Stephen King never liked that uh, adaptation. So, yeah. so ironic. That, that I, I, would, uh, I would expect that from Stephen King, but... Uh, <laughs> 
But The Shining is definitely a, a unique movie. Very yeah. clever, very disturbing, yeah. and it lingers on for so long. You know, uh, it's it's again beautifully made. But that's just one example of how one form of media can really take yeah. advantage of language. Uh, the one I like, which is about language, is uh, Clockwork Orange. Oh dear! He, <laughs> yeah, that the, one. The uh, Anthony Burgess uh, story, which was turned into this movie, and and everything is about their, their language, the language of the the you know the, the gangsters, the language of the uh, police, uh, and that that is definitely the most intriguing movie and hard to watch sometimes. It can be, but you know, it's again that's that's the thing about uh, film or any type of storytelling is sometimes you're gonna have to explore. The things that are human, and human can be dark, and it can be twisted. But it's it's really us at the end of the day. So yeah, um, I want to. I just want to urge people if you are interested in uh, the contributions behind Dr. Fabrice, I do uh, recommend to visit his website, FabriceJamont.net. Uh, and I, I want to ask you as as a final question for those who are getting into maybe perhaps education, philanthropy or even language, what would be your advice? Well, um, that, that everything is possible. Um, first of all, if it's a new language that you're trying to learn, well, it's never too late. Uh, some, sometimes we think that uh, only children will learn languages because uh, you know, their brain is a sponge. But it's, it's a myth, uh, really. You can learn a language, you can start something even at a, at a, later, a later time. So there, there's never it's never too late to do anything. I, I, I went on and did my uh, doctoral studies when I was, you know, uh, an older, in my older uh, age, and it, it's still possible to do these things. It's still possible to write books later in life. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's the main idea. It's never too late and don't, don't give up on those, uh, those dreams that you have, yeah, even if it's a movie that you want to make. Beautifully said by Dr. Fabrice uh, Germont. Thank you so much for being here. Thank it's an you. absolute pleasure. And we hope to see you again in future well, editions. Third time is a charm, yeah. There we go. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to take a short break. And coming up next, we're going to do a little bit of a highlight of all the activities that you can expect from the 14th edition of Chargers Children's Reading Festival. So make sure you stay locked and stay tuned right here. You know it. to Pulse 95.